0: It's there you'll find connection and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Okay, before we get started, I just have to share with you that I was just going on and on, really encouraged by what I was sharing with you and hoping it was encouraging you. Although I looked down and realized I didn't actually push the record button. (laughs) So today we are going to be chatting about the three reasons why you don't actually need to name your child's feelings. (gasps) Shocker. I know that is probably not anything that you normally hear, but I think there's some good perspective here. So before I jump into that, I do want to just mention because tonight was a night. (laughs) You know, if you have children, you probably know what I'm talking about. I looked at my husband and was like, is there a full moon? Because it just seemed like that, all the shenanigans that were happening. And so I just want to let you know that if you've tried some of these strategies or you are working really hard to keep your cool with your child and then you're you know you've just had enough and you lose it that it's okay it's going to happen no matter how much you know about behavior or development or how much you've practiced these strategies it is going to happen and it's a great opportunity to teach our kids that this is why we need Jesus in our lives. None of us are perfect and I think it's another great example to show them what to do when you do something out of self like without self-control. I know that sometimes I've heard in this kind of connection focused parenting world that we shouldn't necessarily apologize to our kids or ask them for forgiveness because that puts a lot onto them and I have to respectfully disagree with that. I think that if we don't model something for our kids, they're not going to learn to do it. And how hard is it for you when you recognize that you said or did something wrong to apologize for it? And how much harder is it to do it immediately or really shortly after the fact versus thinking about it and pondering over it and then finally giving in and doing it? This is a great opportunity to take hold apologize, explain what happened, and let them see the process of that. So if you're feeling discouraged because you felt like you were on a great roll or you were doing great things and you kind of fell off the wagon a little bit, jump back on and keep going. The one thing that I continue to come back to is that these strategies work. Sometimes I don't execute them the best. Sometimes I don't execute them at all, but they're always there to come back to and to re-engage with. So with that, let's get into the topic for today. And that is why you don't actually need to name your child's feelings. I think right now it is pretty popular to help label your child's feelings for them because we want them to understand what their feelings are. You know, it's not coming from a negative place, I don't think. It's because we want our kids to understand their emotions and we want them to know that we understand that they're having emotions and that they're not necessarily maybe meaning to do some of the things that they're doing with the certain emotions that they're feeling. But it doesn't actually help a child to name their feelings in the moment. Research actually shows that naming feelings pulls them away from being able to feel the feelings, from noticing what's going on in their limbic system and offloading the attention there and trying to agree or disagree with you, which probably disagree, right? Or trying to put some words onto the feelings that they're having. This effort pulls them away from releasing that feeling and they will be, you know, continue to be stuck there. So let me say that one more time. It doesn't actually help a child to name their feelings in the moment. And research has shown this because it's pulling them away from feeling the feelings that they're having. Number two of why you don't need to name your child's feelings. Children heal from the emotional expression whether they name it or not. So it's easier for children not to be interpreted, but just to have the feeling. And again, I always like to bring this back to myself. If I'm feeling really angry and I have, you know, an adult style tantrum, do I think it would be helpful if, you know, my spouse or someone close to me came over to me and was saying, you're really frustrated right now. I'm listening. Or, you're really frustrated. We have to go do this. Would you like this or this? And so, I know that might seem silly because people don't talk to us in that way. But you guys, kids are people. (laughs) They're just miniature versions. And so, They don't need to know what they're feeling in the moment. They don't need us to tell them, oh, you're angry right now or you're sad right now. We can show them that we see them and we're there for them without telling them their feelings. And just letting them work through those feelings, listen to those feelings, support them through it, and let them have it so they can really fully work through it. And... Number three, the third reason why you don't actually need need to name your child's feelings is because we could be interpreting their feelings incorrectly. There's been times before where I've asked my oldest son what he was feeling and the label he gave it was not what I was observing. And yes, you know, maybe your child doesn't... Quite know all the ins and outs of all the different feelings, and maybe they are incorrect, but we could also be interpreting things completely incorrectly from their point of view. And so, I think it's always important to pull back a little bit, say less, less is more in this instance, and just provide your support. So, you might be wondering, okay, well, if I don't name my child's feelings, how will they learn? what the feelings are. And so a key factor here is that we don't need to name them in the moment. So it's not to say we don't ever need or don't can't talk about the feelings or help them learn about them, but it's saying in the moment of those intense feelings, in the tantrum or the meltdown, we don't need to sit there and say, Oh, I see you're so upset right now. And honestly when I made this switch, because I've seen the same things you maybe have and I was using those phrases. And once I shifted from using those feeling descriptors to just being present or um, the other thing I like to do is verbalizing only what I see and what I know to be true. So if my oldest is trying to hit or kick me, I would simply just say, you really want to hit me right now. I see that. Honestly, the difference in his reaction, like it moved through the tantrum so much faster than when I was saying, I see you're really upset right now, or it's okay to be mad. I'm not going to let you hit me. Those sorts of things. So really key into that. Um, and try both out. See what your kid responds better to. But if you're wondering, okay, so then what do I do? If I'm not telling them their emotions in the moment. What am I actually going to do so that they start to understand? And so what I would say is one, state what you see and only what you see, like I just mentioned. And number two, educate on emotions when you're removed from the situation. So Again, not in the moment, not when you're working through a meltdown, probably not even right after the moment because a lot of times that can trigger the child back into how they are feeling, especially if you didn't do a full-on stay listening session and they still have some things that they're holding on to. But what you can do is read books about emotions. I mean, there's movies you can watch if your child is really into that. You can play through different emotions, whether it's with... You know, being intentional with certain toys that you're buying or different play that they're engaging in or just when you're playing, be intentional about really amping up the emotion and talking through it. Playing different games, even like matching games or in the dollar section once there was a slingshot with different emoji like ping pong balls, you can create different games with that. The other thing that I like to do is talk to kids about emotions of other people. A lot of times we like to focus in on our child and their behavior because that's what we want to change, but it is really helpful for them to understand that other people have feelings too and that they're not out here on their own you know, in the red zone, having all these negative type behaviors because they recognize that, you know, when we're talking with them, they recognize that maybe some of the things they're doing, they shouldn't be doing, or maybe um, they can sense some feelings are good or bad, even if we're not directly saying that. And so it really helps them open up and feel more comfortable in talking about it when it's not like a spotlight on them all the time so I'll often bring in my own feelings because obviously I know them best or situations that we might have observed and talking about them later did you see what you know he was really crying after this happened how do you think he was feeling about that Or even in books, Um, we have a book at the end where there's almost a little layout of a story that doesn't have any words, but it asks questions. And the child has to really look at the picture and kind of key into their facial expressions and that sort of thing. And the child can then describe what's happening based on the questions that they're asking. So there's lots of different ways you can include and encourage talk about and learning of emotions without being in the moment. Um, I'm sure you could also go on Pinterest and there would be tons of activities to do. So I just want to encourage you that when you are in, the mo- in that moment of meltdown or tantrum and your child is having a tough time, I really want to encourage you this week to just pull back. Say less and just be present with them. Make eye contact, sit close to them if they want. You know, put your hand on their back or ask them if they want a hug. Be physically present, use less words and see if you notice a difference. Now go out there and get connected. Real quick, before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories, and tag me, at Kaylee Jo and we'll all do a little happy dance together. i love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget, God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.